0: Hi, this is Ira David Sternberg. Welcome to my brand new podcast, Ira's Everything Bagel. Why everything? Because I'm going to be talking with accomplished people about everything, their passions, pursuits, and points of view. Everything's on the table, and I couldn't think of a better first guest than Sonia El Noal. She's chef-owner of Rooster Boy Cafe in Las Vegas, and more importantly, as perfect synergy for the show, owner of Bodega Bagel at the Vegas Test Kitchen in downtown Las Vegas. Sonia has a diverse background and makes, in my opinion, the best bagels in Las Vegas. For more information after the show, go to roosterboycafe.com and you can follow her on Instagram at both Rooster Boy Cafe and Bodega Bagel. And welcome as my first guest to the show. Hi, uh, Iris. Well, I'm delighted you're here. And Even though the show is not about Las Vegas, you are living and working in Las Vegas. So what brought you here?
1: I moved to Las Vegas about 11 or 12 years ago now friends of mine that are chefs were living here Linda Rodriguez and they had mo- and her husband had moved here and I decided to join them here I came to visit and I was like wow this is an amazing place and after Mexico City and New York I wanted something different my son was at an age where he needed to go to the park and do sports and so on so it worked out really well so that I started living here
0: What was your first impression, given your varied background? As I mentioned earlier, you've been everywhere, Mexico, Europe, all over the place. So now you're in Las Vegas, which is, was it what you thought it was or totally different?
1: I had no expectations. So coming, it was very pleasant to find a really relaxed place to live with a lot of amenities that we take for granted in other cities. And. And it was great to find them here without having to deal with a huge city.
0: And your first step was setting up Rooster Boy Cafe, and then later on you went to, from my point of view, even more important stuff, Bodega Bagel. So correct. What? What? We'll talk a little bit about Rooster Boy first, and then I want to get into the bagels because, to me, as I mentioned earlier on, I'm unashamedly promoting it here. It's, it's to me, it's the best bagel in Las Vegas. So let's talk. Thank about, you so much. You're welcome. Let's talk about Rooster Boy Cafe first. You decided to open up this little cozy diner, so to
1: speak. Correct. So I wanted a cafe that was very unique to Vegas and that had that New York or L.A. experience because I didn't find those places myself here, and I really enjoyed making the menu. It's really a reflection of the places I've lived in and my heritage, and so that's how Rooster Boy Cafe came about. The name Rooster Boy came from my granola brand, which is Rooster Boy Granola, and that's been around for 12 years. We sell it online and at the store, and I thought it would be a great way to follow through and just have Rooster Boy Cafe. And it's been a blast. I mean, we're here two and a half years later. We're still standing. Uh, We're almost at three years in September, so it's pretty amazing.
0: Especially this kind of... We're very lucky. Yes, number one, because it's a challenging industry, and number two, with COVID, it's very challenging. And in the middle of all that, you decide to start up Bodega Bagel, so how did you, you've always had that in your background. So tell us about your background a little bit so people get a flavor of where um, you came from. And, and, and I talked about your diverse background. So talk a little bit so about
1: I grew that. up. I grew up in the Middle East and we moved to America and we moved to New York and it was amazing. And I went to high school between San Francisco Bay Area and I lived in New York in my early, like I moved there when I was 18 and 82 and I loved being downtown on the Lower East Side, and I would go to Russ and Daughters, and I would go to get bagels and lox and so on. And so that whole New York Jewish experience is so nostalgic to me, and I enjoy it so much. And I, when I moved to Belgium, I had a coffee shop, and in my coffee shop, I started making bagels because I missed having that New York experience. So this is 30 years ago when I had the Spoonful Diner in Brussels. So we make bagels, and they're a big hit. Then fast forward to the pandemic, and I'm, I'm realizing that everybody just wants to load up on carbs. It's all about carbs at this point. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to make bagels again. I <laughs> started making them, and it was really a great hit. I mean, people enjoyed them. We sell a lot of bagels, and then, you know, we started having bagels downtown at the Vegas Test Kitchen, and I already knew a year ago that I, a year and a half ago, that I wanted to open up Bodega Bagel, and that was, I wanted this homage to New York. And I remember I had done an interview with Al Mancini, and he was saying, what's next, and that's what I was talking about.
0: We should point out that Al Mancini is with the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Correct. Right.
1: And the great thing is to have this happen so organically, you know? Okay, let's make bagels. They're fun. We're selling them. People are coming to buy them. Everybody's enjoying them. And now, you know, it's like a a thing. People in town know that Bodega Bagel is really good and they enjoy the bagels.
0: Well, you mentioned about all of a sudden everybody wants carbs, but I think they also want comfort food, so you get both.
1: Correct. Well, I'm just saying how in the beginning of the pandemic, it was really... Lots of sugar, <laughs> lots, of <film laughs> food. lots of bread, lots of wine, right. lots of
0: everything. Is there one secret to a good bagel? They used to say, my memory of it, people would always say, well, New York bagels are different than anywhere else because of the water. Now, is that true or not true?
1: I don't use New York water. I use Vegas wa- filtered water, and we do well. And the truth is, I think the way we hand manufacture the bagels, so it's a very artisanal process, and I think that's what I think we enjoy, plus we seed our bagel on both sides.
0: Now, there are people from New York who rave and who are proud about bagels from New York, they obviously make their way to you at some point and get a taste of yours. They do. And what's the reaction? I'm just curious.
1: They're very happy. They're super surprised and very happy.
0: And are, I, do they great. Well, do they view it as similar to the New York Bagel, or are they just because it's different but good? In other words, uh, are they? Is no, it,
1: they're very, they're very satisfied. They say, "Okay, this is where I'm. I don't need to ship bagels. I can <laughs> buy them,"
0: which is great. <laughs> yes, it's a shorter distance shipping it within Las Vegas or come picking it Correct. up. Correct. Yeah, as it do it. How many? And you may not know this, but just how many people do you think at one point were ordering bagels from New York instead of? anywhere else, but even oh, though they live out here.
1: I am sure a lot of them were. At least a good 25 people, I mean, must be ordering things from New York. I even thought about it. I mean, usually when I would go to New York, I would bring a package home from Russ and Daughters and really enjoy it. But
0: now we don't have to do that anymore, so. No, we don't.
1: <laughs> How intensive,
0: you mentioned the artisanal aspect of making bagels and the fact that it's not a production process per se. But it's handcrafted. Well,
1: it's, it's it's a handmade production, right? Yes, So we exactly. hand roll, and then the hole is made with the hand, and so. Oh, that's how it's done. It's a done. really pleasant process.
0: The hole is made with the hand. That's interesting. It, there's not a punch that goes and boom, takes no, out that. Okay, there's no little
1: cookie cutter. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Something like that. When you make these various bagels, and for example, you also obviously have everything. You have everything bagel, which is why I wanted you to be on the show first but also you have all these other bagels. Is there more complication in making a bagel when it is everything bagel versus A? No. Okay. No. Okay.
1: I'd like to get rye flour and start with that one next. Oh, good. All right.
0: I will volunteer to, to taste it and let you know. Thank you. Yes. I want to talk more about your background because you do have an interesting background given that you've been on so many continents and you've worked under many... Chefs initially, who was your favorite chef that you worked under?
1: I really enjoyed working for Jean-Georges Van Geristen, and I really enjoyed working for Julian Serrano. I mean, they were really pillars in my culinary influence and teachings, and being part of their kitchen was really a blast. Was there a consistent trait
0: among these chefs that you picked up something that you now make part of your own? I think
1: using using quality ingredients is really huge. It doesn't matter if you're a small hole in the wall or a very fine dining, you have to use great ingredients. That's really, I mean, we use organic eggs at Rooster Boy. We use very good butter. We use really good ingredients. That's what makes a difference.
0: It's more expensive too, but you're willing to go with smaller margins in order to get that.
1: Well, I mean, you charge the proper price and that's it. I don't think we you know, our our breakfast is twelve dollars. It's two organic eggs, and they're amazing. I mean, it comes with sweet potato. We make homemade sourdough multi-grain bread, avocado. It's a great breakfast.
0: So you work it into the price structure. In other words, you're you're working exactly. with quality ingredients. We're always, yeah. And in addition to quality ingredients, what about a work ethic? Do you get that from the chefs that you work with as well?
1: Absolutely, you do get that. I mean, I I make fun of myself, and I. With my sous chef, Holland, we always make fun that we both work for Julian Serrano and we are both from that old school French kitchen mentality. And, you know, we were taught on that. And so it's great.
0: And you think nothing of it now, whereas you look around and sometimes you'll see cooks or some chefs, I suppose, that are certainly working in the kitchen, but not at the intensity or the level or the dedication. Correct. Yeah. I
1: mean, you really have to be very productive and you have you can't be just thinking of one thing to do you really have to be quite productive and and push through everything that you're doing you know it you, it's a very much like a little symphony in your head i start this project i'm going to this one now i'm doing that i'm going to this and it's it's a constant
0: is it a sense of focusing in a silo so to speak or is it really more multitasking because i couldn't multitask and yet you seem to
1: i I multitask, and you have witnessed me sitting at the counter, <laughs> yes. multitasking, right. right? And and unfortunately, we don't see people in the counter anymore, and I'm very sad about it. Hopefully, one day, but not right now.
0: Well, I think it was part the reason why the counter was so important. It was part of social interaction, and a, oh a,
1: my god, we missed that so much.
0: Yes, and a chance to see the chef in action and the staff in action as well, because the kitchen is right there. So you're you're seeing your food being made and then presented. So it's it's a much more intimate affair than a lot of places where you go in and sit down at a disconnected table and eventually food is brought right. up from some mysterious kitchen in the background. If you were to create, I'm going to go back to the bagels for a second. If you were to create yep. the ultimate bagel, not, not the mm. everything bagel, but the ultimate bagel what would those, and they would have to be part of the bagel, not put on after as a topping, but just within the bagel, what would be something that you would do that hasn't been thought of before? Have you, or or have you thought about that?
1: No, I have not thought about that, but I don't think you can get better than everything bagel. I mean, I'm all about my savory bagels. Yes, we make a couple of sweet ones, but I really love the savory bagel. I mean, you cannot you can't chop a really good everything. We make our own everything blunt, which I think is really nice.
0: But you don't throw in the kitchen sink, so it's everything but the kitchen sink.
1: Ha <laughs> ha yes. yes. Everything but
0: oh that the was, was a courtesy laugh. I hate it when you do that. Oh,
1: so, come on, <laughs> you're, yeah. you're, I read, that was a bad joke. Your <laughs> <laughs> your
0: your background is Armenian and Lebanese.
1: You've been correct going so th- my, yes. my mother was is Armenian was Armenian. Well, my my mother passed away a few years ago, so Maro is Armenian from Cairo, born in Cairo, and my father was Libyan and Lebanese, and I was born in Libya and I grew up in Lebanon. And I love Middle Eastern food as well, obviously. And you know, one day I hope to do one of those. Does it give you a Never.
0: different does it give you a different perspective in terms of the culinary world that you you see it from that perspective versus a kind of standard American fare or or European fare?
1: Absolutely. I mean, your heritage and how you grew up eating when you were little or how you enjoy eating and you know, what may be very common to me is not common to someone else just because you eat that way since you were a child. I mean, it's, you know, I, I love that I lived in different places, traveled in different places and did so many different things that I, I really enjoy having that culinary voyage within myself when I, inspired from the ingredients or what I see how it feels, you know?
0: Yeah. Did your folks know that you would become a chef or did they sense they, did they want something else for you?
1: Oh my dad wanted me to be a doctor and when I said I was gonna cook he was like what? No, don't do it and I said, It brings people joy. I mean why wouldn't I do it?
0: Well doctors can bring and joy my mother... too, I suppose. Oh please. Go ahead. <laughs> and <your laughs> and mother... then my
1: mother And then my mother was an excellent cook, and so I would cook with her as a kid in the kitchen.
0: Were they around to see you succeed and travel around and go to these different, work under these different chefs?
1: My mom was around to see me succeed, and it was very nice. She was very proud, and she was my biggest cheerleader.
0: Yeah, that's always great when that happens. When you decided to not just be a chef, but to own a business, which is always tough, did you have to shift your thinking or did you just go into it with all guns,
1: shooting I, I think or all I went barrel in shooting? With, yeah, exactly. I went in all the way, and you know, I've learned a lot over the last two and a half years running Rooster Boy here. And you know what I think is normal might not be normal for Vegas clientele. I'm more in my New York head, so it's it's uh it's very interesting.
0: Well, we'll have very people listening. we'll have people listening from all over, not just Las Vegas. So when they come to Las Vegas, they're going to check you out. You know, you talked about getting bagels from New York. People would order them from New York. I guess FedEx or UPS or somehow they get them from New York. And then you started making bagels. Do you see it in a reverse way? So, in other words, people yes.
1: ordering I would from love you. To, yeah, Yeah. hopefully within a year or less, we can have our online prep platform. We can have our website. We can have online ordering. I mean, Bodega Bagel is a very grassroots Mode right now, it's very young in its thing.
0: But I could see someone, for example, in the Midwest ordering from you because they are missing bagels and just going right. To line and we and can ship them. to
1: them overnight, yeah. and that's the deal. That's what I'd like to graduate to. That's a goal.
0: Is it a challenge to you? You mentioned quality ingredients, is it a challenge to also keep fresh ingredients around? In other words, you have to order all the time from suppliers, and you have to, obviously, in some cases, refrigerate or freeze or other means of preserving. But is it a challenge to keep the best ingredients around it in a fresh state?
1: No. I mean, proper storage and everything is good. Okay. I think what's being difficult right now is finding you know, ingredients that come from abroad, like we buy butter, uh, we serve small butter packs and they come from France or from the New Zealand and that could be a problem. I mean, this kind of thing now because of COVID, chocolate, French chocolate, things coming in are taking longer. Products that are high-end products from other countries are taking longer to come in. That is a definite problem finding trucks that come from L.A. to bring all the ingredients that is now, there's a shortage of drivers. This all affects the bottom line. It affects the pricing. It affects everything.
0: Yes, it's always amazed me, and I've lived here for a long time, since 1978. It's always amazed me that you're in the middle of the desert, and yet even when I first moved here and before I I moved here, people were dining on fresh lobster that was somehow flown in from either L.A. or other areas and, yeah, they, and it just fascinated me that you could flown get flown in that. from Philadelphia daily. Yeah. And that's yeah. and you're right, it's a logistical issue now. It's not that we don't have the infrastructure, it's really more a combination of and I know from researching this that there are a lot of ships that are still not unloading their containers in various ports in America because of the backlog due to COVID, etc. So mm-hmm. you, you face that challenge. Is there because you've been a chef a long time and you have a little influence and insight into that world, are you able to get your supplies to some extent without the normal process?
1: No, I, I have really great vendors and everything's working just fine. There isn't really a problem. Okay. So you just yeah negated... No, we're really lucky. Yeah,
0: you just, just, you just negated what you true. just said, though. You realize that, right?
1: Yeah, I know, I know, but like, we're I'm just saying that prices are changing because of that. So, <laughs> okay, if a right. bag of sugar was $25, it's right. it'd be $30. Okay, right?
0: I like to give you a hard you time, know? but I, I understand. What I you're know, saying. <laughs> I love you.
1: Tonight. Who else is gonna do it, Ira? No one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, of all the ingredients that, that you find that you have to have for bodega bagel, is there one ingredient that's harder to get than other ingredients? No, okay.
1: Yeah, I mean it's like a very—I mean you know, flour is sugar basic, salt, right? Yeast, yeah, done.
0: Yeah, but the trick—the trick is how you create all of that, and that's where the artistry and the talent comes in.
1: Right, and the dough recipe, and you know the size of the bagel,
0: etc. What was the most surprising order that you received for your bagels? What I mean by surprising, in terms of quantity, perhaps somebody was having a party and all of a sudden they ordered. Five thousand bagels from you all of a sudden, that type of thing.
1: That has not happened yet. I am looking forward for that customer it will. that's gonna order five thousand bagels. Give us a minute. There's okay. a lot of manufacturing overnight. Will not happen.
0: <laughs> but is there a surprising order that you received that you could talk about that just you don't have to identify the person, but I'm just curious what the, no. well, maybe let me rephrase it, Your Honor. What was the most surprising order you ever received? Potato from Ira. <laughs> potato knishes. <Yeah. laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, I, I will confess to our audience that, yes, I asked Sonia if she could make potato knishes because I could not find a good potato knish, and she made them to the point where I was ordering a dozen at a time. And they are and delicious.
1: And having indulgence
0: with them. Yes, overindulgence. <laughs> and that's why I've held off for a while. But once I get into fighting weight again, I will reorder. So, okay, okay, that was a surprising one. I like that one. Okay. If you were given the choice of operating Rooster Boy Cafe, given its size, and a full-scale, large restaurant, would you stick with the Rooster Boy Cafe because of the intimacy and the ability to interact with customers?
1: Mm, That's really a very delicate question. I mean, there's a, there is a really, we are really gr- outgrowing the space. We can, we have reached capacity of what we could do out of that space. So part of me feels like, yes, we should totally move into a proper restaurant space so we can offer wine and offer beer and enjoy, and enjoy the, the space. You know, I think we all could use a break from not being on top of each other. It's like living in a small studio apartment with eight people all the time.
0: Tell us a little bit about the Vegas Test Kitchen downtown Las Vegas and what that is exactly, because you make the bodega bagels there, but there are other, right, and and yet there's other places there within that.
1: There's a mutual space that we all have, so Bodega Bagel is there. We have Yukon Pizza, so they make pizza. We have sliced sushi; they make sushi there. This Mama's House is Vietnamese, so Christina prepares all Vietnamese food. We have Pop and Pie, who does pies, and there is Banishka, which is Bulgarian. So all these elements are are present. So you may, and there's the bar. The house is ran by Jolene. And they have a whole cocktails and bar program. And you can basically enjoy seven different venues under one roof and order. It's all contactless. So you order on your phone and you can pay once for buying food from all of us. That's a great setup.
0: And for you, I think it's great because it's, again, the number of offerings there are diverse and you come from a diverse background. So you're used to it.
1: Yeah. And I really like it. I mean, it's a good way to support each other. And it's it's been very pleasant for for me to experiment with the idea of a bagel shop. So now I know that, yes, it's viable. Yes, people like it. So we can continue there and then make our plans for the future.
0: Speaking of the future, how do you see it? Both on the on the dining I side. <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I need a vacation.
1: Yeah, I know. I need a month off. That's what, I, that's what I see in my real near future. Oh, my goodness. I uh, am dying to go to the East Coast on a trip. Uh, I want to go see my family and friends in New York. I Yeah, I want to go to the Hamptons. I need a minute. Uh, <laughs> that's a great, honest answer. I love it. Yeah, dude, I mean... We, I, I didn't have time off during the pandemic. We closed in January after Christmas for five days and people were very upset. And we're like, I'm sorry, we're tired. We need a minute. Yeah,
0: I mean, you could work hard, <laughs> but you also have to have a break there.
1: Yeah, we, yeah, I, the whole, all of us, we want to take a little pause. So I like that European concept of the business closes in January for a week or 10 days and in the in July, you know, like in France, Businesses close, everybody's on vacation, everybody comes back refreshed, and it's a really good philosophy. I don't think it's a bad philosophy because it really helps the mental state of everyone to have a minute, you know? I think this constant availability is not a healthy situation.
0: You accidentally said something very profound, Sonia for a change. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I think that you, you really did. In other words, I, it seems to me that a lot of this pressure and stress and run, 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 run is an artificially induced cultural phenomenon. I don't think you have to have it that way.
1: No, you don't. You can make a choice.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The problem you know, is we, the majority of people don't make that choice. So you are selling to the people that haven't made the choice to slow down.
1: Well, I I just realized for myself, my well-being, you know, I started being incoherent and exhausted. And and what comes after that? Nothing. You can't really give, create, make good food. I mean, you really. So I know that there's a there's a point where we're like, okay, no, that's it. It's done. We need a pause. So I, I want my businesses to grow. You asked me about what's in the future. I really want my businesses to grow and to be independent without having to, oh, that I don't have to always be in them. And I have a great team and I'm working with my team to grow them and develop them and give them the tools to run the show. I will be there, but I want to start, I need to do a few things for myself, for my health. I want to take a little pause. You know, I want to be able to exercise. I want to be able to do whatever I want to do, but you know, I, I, my daily thought as soon as I get up is to go to the cafe, right? So sometimes I like going there at 5 a.m. Sometimes I like going there at 4. It just depends.
0: Yes, and if you go there at 4, you're not going to be bothered by a lot of people wanting stuff.
1: I mean, you'd be surprised. By people open the knock on the door when it says we're closed and ask why why aren't things ready. And we say that we open at 8.30. That's when everything will be ready. And I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just telling you this is a phenomenon that happens All the time.
0: Well, take a break and then come back strong. And my guest has been Sonia El Nawal. She's chef owner of Rooster Boy Cafe in Las Vegas and owner of Bodega Bagel at the Vegas Test Kitchen in downtown Las Vegas. For more information, go to roosterboycafe.com and you could follow her on Instagram at both Rooster Boy Cafe and Bodega Bagel. And Sonia, thanks for being on the first show.
1: Thank you, Ira. I really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you and Gina and having like a proper meal.
0: We will do it. And join us every Thursday for a new schmear on Ira's Everything Bagel.
1: Oh, my goodness. I love it.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Sonia.